in any of those. Okay, I think we could probably start from, from right on the top of of Samach Dalad and Aleph. Okay, so the Gemara now is going to ask a question like this. The Gemara was trying to figure out when we talk about the different steps of the process, right? In which someone who is engaged in this process has chametz in their house, right? So we said, yeah, we said not yesterday, but we said on Thursday night when we did yesterday's daf, we said that if someone has chametz in their house at the time of the shechita, right? The kayan is doing the shechita, there's still chametz in his house that will create issues. And even if it's just a member of the chabura has chametz in his house at the time of the shechita, it will create issues. So then we started talking about the fact that there's different types of um, there's different types of karbanas, right? There are other karbanas, and then there is the carbon Pesach. So the carbon Pesach that is done during a time period in which there is chametz in the house, problematic on Arab Pesach. Other karbanas done on Arab Pesach at a time period when there's chametz in your house, they are not problematic. But other karbanas done on Pesach when there's chametz in your house are still problematic. The Gemara now is going to ask like this. There's something called malika. Malika is what you is also the act of shechting a bird. So typically when we shecht the bird, we shecht the bird the regular way we shecht any other animal with a knife, right? And we, we go right through the, the windpipe, the veshet, and the safik, the trachea. However, when it comes to carbonus, that are bird carbonus, there's a special thing called malika, which is the, the kayin actually has a very sharp, uh, is um, so good. So the question is like this. The question is, do you, you that, that the person who does the malika if indeed he has chametz in his house at that time, on the 14th, it would create issues. That's what the Gemara thinks right now, okay? So the Gemara asks like this. The Gemara says, kasha malika amalika. We're going to have a difficulty. We're going to have a contradiction between one brisa that tells us the law about malika when the kayin is doing the shechita with the fingernail and another brisa that tells us the law about malika. In one case, it seems to indicate it's a problem if they have chametz in the house. One case, it seems to indicate it's not a problem. Okay. So also, Kasha, Hakdara, Ahakdara. Also, there's going to be a question when it comes to the Hakdaras Emurim, on a case of Hakdaras Emurim. What's Hakdaras Emurim? It is taking the facts that are brought up and to be burnt on the Mizbeach, okay? So in one case, it seems to indicate that at the time that the person who is doing the Hakdaras Emurim, if he has chametz in his house, it is once again going to invalidate the Hakdara. And in the other case, it sounds like if he has chametz in his house, it's not invalidated. The Gemara says, according to your reasoning, you should ask, it itself is going to be hard to understand. Diktani, because when did we write this? When we, we taught this halacha that is problematic to have chametz in your house at the time of the carbon being brought, the only time we said that that's a problem is by the carbon pesach itself, that it's going to be problematic if you have chametz in your house. And then later on, we then taught, both the person who does the shechita, the person who does the sprinkling of the dam, of the blood, the person who does the malika, cutting off the bird's neck with his fingernail, and the person who does the mazeh, the person who is, what they would do is they would take the, the bird that's neck was just cut and they would actually spray the blood of the bird, right? Now, when you do malika and hazah of sprinkling the blood from the bird's neck, right? You can only do that with a bird. You try to do malika on a, on a lamb, right? It's not going to work, right? A lamb's neck is not going to be shechted using your fingernail, no matter how sharp that fingernail is, right? So clearly, you then indicated to us, the halacha then indicated to us that this is indeed a problem, even if you have chametz in your house at the time of doing other karbanis, i.e. karbanis that are not the carbon Pesach. 
So both these halachas are according to Rav Shimon. Malika and Malika like Kasha. The case of Malika and Malika, there's no question. When is Malika a problem? Malika is a problem when it happens during Cholamoyed Pesach, if it's actually on Pesach, and someone has chametz in their house at the time they do the Malika, problem. But if someone does uh, Malika, at a time when they don't have chametz in their house, I'm sorry, when they have chametz in their house, but it's actually on Erev Pesach, it's on the 14th, then the only thing that's a problem to have chametz in your house at the time of an action on 14th of Nisan, i.e. Erev Pesach, is if you're actually involved in the carbon Pesach process. Thumbnail. What was that? Thumbnail. So it's not the pinky and it's not the forefinger, it's the thumbnail. Okay, thank you. The EDV, ED, Reb Shimini. Both of these opinions are really Reb Shimini. Hakdara ahakdara nami kasha. The fact, the case of one burning of the fats, we said it's problematic if you have chametz in your house. One time we said it's not. It's also not a question. Some people compare the act of the hakdara to the act of shechita and say that the same way shechita will be invalidated if it's done at a time when you have chametz in your house, so too the hakdara will be invalidated at a time when you have chametz in your house. And the other people do not compare one to the other. And they say, it is true that by the, the shechita, if there's chametz in your house, you've invalidated the shechita. But in terms of the hakdara, in terms of the bringing of the, the fats on the mezbeach, that is not going to be invalidated. Cause for invalidation if you have chametz in your house. Rabbi Yudah, Yimar, Afat, Tamid. Rabbi Yudah says, even the Tamid, right? My time at Rabbi Yudah, what's the reason for Rabbi Yudah? Amar Lachai would say to you, Zivchi, Zevach HaMiyuchidli, Umayniyu Tamid. It says you should not slaughter, right? Zivchi, my carbon. What's my carbon? Zevach the carbon that is set aside or unique for Hashem. Which carbon is that? Umayniyu, Tamid. That is the carbon Tamid. If Shimon says that if you shechted the carbon Pesach on the 14th with Hamas in your house, it's a problem. My time of Shimon, what's the reason for Shimon? As it says, it says, my, it says, my carbon, my carbon, twice in the Torah. So what do we, what do we understand? We read it as a sacrifice and my sacrifices. Well, if you're right, then indeed we're coming to teach you two different halachas, right? So why did the Torah split it up? But like Kasav Zivchi with two yuds. Why don't you just write Zivchi with two yuds? And that would have taught us. Lemeimar to teach us. At a time when there is a carbon that is being brought, right? The carbon Pesach. Then you're not going to be liable for shechting other carbonus. When you have chametz in your house, at a time when there is no carbon pesach being brought, then you're even liable for other carbonists that are being sacrificed with chametz in your house. What does this mean? This means when it's actually pesach, then you're liable for anything that you shach with chametz in your house. And Allah is like this if he shachts the carbon pesach with chametz in his house, but it's already on pesach itself. Right? If it's being shechted for its own sake, then he is putter, he's exempt. So we see from here that when are you going to be liable for shechting a carbon Pesach on Pesach? If you shechted it, have it in mind not for carbon Pesach. This is what we were discussing last week. If you shecht a carbon Pesach with improper intentions, it turns into a carbon shlemet. 
If you shach the carbon pesach thinking you're shachting a carbon pesach, it's not going to work as a carbon shlama, as a piece of. So if you shach the carbon pesach on pesach, you don't shach the carbon pesach on pesach. When are you supposed to shach the carbon pesach? Erev pesach, not on pesach. He shachted it on pesach itself. But he shachted it with the intention that this should be a carbon pesach. It's not going to be a shlamim. Well, if it's not a shlamim, then you're not going to be liable for shachting a carbon having chametz in your house on Pesach because you didn't do anything. You didn't really shach the carbon. Hastama, pater. The implication is, the inference is that it was shachted without anything in mind specific. Indeed, you'd be exempt. Amai, why are you exempt? Pesach, Bashari, Mesashana, Shlamim, Have. If you shachted a carbon Pesach any other day of the year, by definition, it defaults into a carbon shlamim, a regular peace offering. And if it defaulted into a carbon shlamim, then even if you shechted it without having any intent for anything at all, it would still be a carbon shlamim, and it would still be problematic. So why is it that you're exempt if you don't have explicit intention for carbon Pesach when it's the rest of the days of the year? As long as you don't have explicit intention for, for carbon Pesach, it should already be automatically a carbon shlamim, and it should be problematic. Shemat Mina, we see from here, Pesach, Shai, Meshashana, Boy Akira. A carbon Pesach that is brought the rest of the days of the year. It actually has to be oiker. It has to be neka, right? Akira means to be lifted up, to be uprooted, right? It actually has to be uprooted from its state of carbon Pesach before it leaves the status of carbon Pesach behind. Nizraka mipi chabura. Let the the nizraka uh, means to be thrown out mipi chabura from the mouth of the chabura. What's the chabura? The chabura means the group of people learning Teira, which means it's a way of saying that it was the consensus of the sages, right? When they said, cases like this, the Bailim, the people who had decided that they're going to bring this carbon Pesach, at, subsequently they became Tamei Mace, they became ritually impure through contact with a dead person. And they were going to have to push off their ability to bring the carbon Pesach until the second carbon Pesach. What's second carbon Pesach, right? So we know on the 14th of ER, right? If people were Tamei on the 14th, of Nisan, right? So they bring a Karma Pesach on the 14th of year instead, right? In that case, if you don't say explicitly what it is that you're intending to do, then it still would assume to be brought as a carbon Pesach. So if people were Tame Mace at the time of bringing a carbon Pesach, and they had already set aside a carbon Pesach, and then they said, you know what, we're bringing this carbon Pesach later. Even if they said carbon Pesach or didn't say carbon Pesach, the assumption would be that they're bringing it for the sake of a, of a um, Pesach Sheni carbon, right? And that's going to still remain the same status as a carbon Pesach, okay? New Mishnah. A Pesach Nishchat B'Shalosh Kites, okay? Mishnah starts describing for us how the actual Shchita takes place. So three groups of Jews would come into the Beis HaMikdash, right? Into the Azara. They would come in in three different groups. Now, this was not just the scenario in which there were so many Jews coming to Shach that they needed to split up into three. Whether they needed to or not, they would split up into three groups to give more honor to the Karman Pesach, right? And while each group was involved in the Shechita and the Kabbalah and the Zerika, the other two groups would be saying the Hillim and they would be davening and it was a beautiful sight to behold. It says you shall Shechit it Call all kahal congregation a das of the assembly of Israel of the nation of Israel. Kahal the aid of Israel assembly congregation and Israel. The first group would go into the azara. Nismala azara the entire azara would be full of people. Nalu azara the walls of the azara would be closed. Taktu they would blow the tikiya the trua and the tikiya 
The Kahanim would stand in rows of people, right? And the Kahanim would stand like this, basically. The Shlita, are there pictures in, in the art scroll? No pictures, okay. So the Kahanim would stand in rows. Now, the, the, the mission itself is actually going to explain what the purpose of standing in rows are, right? But if you picture the Beis Samikdash, right, where the Shechita is taking place, it's not right next to the Mizbeach, right next to the altar. So there were Kahanim standing right next to where the Shechita is taking place, and then there was a, an assembly line of Kahanim all the way up until the Mizbeach, okay? And in their hands, there were Bezichei Kesef, Bezichei Zahav, Bezichim, are like these uh, uh, like containers, right? The small containers. And they would, some of them would have gold containers, some of them had silver containers in their hands. Shura Shakula Kasef Kasef, Shura Shakula Zav Zav. They would make sure that each each row of Kehanim would have one type of vessel, whether it is the silver or whether it is the gold. They did not mix up the different rows, right? They didn't want to have a row of some people with silver, some people with gold. It is not aesthetically pleasing. Also, the bezichin did not have a shulayim. These basins did not have a bottom on them. Why? Because you might put them down. And if you put them down on the ground, got lazy, you put them down on the ground, what would happen? The yikrash adam. The dam would congeal. The blood would congeal. Once the blood is congealed, it's not supposed to be brought as the, you're not supposed to sprinkle it anymore. So to ensure that this doesn't happen, they would not put them down. And to ensure they wouldn't put it down, they actually had a uh, no flat bottom. Shachat Yisrael, the kibbal ha'kayin, nasnei l'chaveireh. And Yisrael would shach the carbon, and the Kayan would stand there with his container and get the blood in it. Then he would take his full container of blood and he would hand it to the next person. What happens like this, right? So if you think of a line of Kahanim, so the first Kayan takes catches the blood in his container, he then passes his container onto the guy to his uh, right, right? And then they each pass it on, pass it on, pass it on, pass it on until they reach the person right next to the Mizbeach. He then takes it and sprinkles it on the Mizbeach. He then takes the empty one and hands it back the other direction. So it's an assembly line of production, right? And what happens is like this. First, you take the full one. And after you've received the full one, pass it on to the next one. He then hands you the empty one. And then you hand the empty one back. The, the goal being, the idea being that you first take care of handing the one that needs to be brought for the carbon and, and needs to be brought for the sprinkling. And then you get back the other one out. The kayan that's right next to the He sprinkles it one time um, opposite the, the side, the base of the They finish the first group of Jews. They go out. The, the next group of Jews come in. So in the next, when the second group went out, then the, the third group would come in. The same way the first group set it up, so do the second and third. So they would start saying the halal, okay? So they would start saying halal while they were uh, sending out, while they were going through this process. In Gamru, if they finished halal before the other people finished the, the uh, sacrifices, shanu, they would say it again. In shanu, if they finished second time, shaleshu, they would say it the third time. But they never ended up actually finishing halal a third time. Right, so he says that in, in, in the, the days, in, at least in his days, they never even got up to the, when they got up to the third group of people, they never even got up to because there were not so many people left, so it didn't take that long to go through the whole process. The same way it was done during the week, so it was done on Shabbos. 
except the Kahanim would actually wash down, would rinse the floors of the Azara. We're not happy with this. They would take the blood, and they would take, a, I'm sorry, a cup, and they would fill it with the damat harabis, with the mixed blood from all the sacrifices. They would sprinkle it once on the mezbeach. We're not happy with this. Okay, so really need pictures for this. How would they hang the the the, the lamb and then mafshit? So mafshit means to flay off the skin. Okay, so how would they do this? In there were these uh, iron um like um uh, rings that they would actually be able to put the the animal through it and hang it up through that and then they would take off its skin right they would flay off the skin okay let's say there's not enough rings to get all of the animals there at one time right so what would they do so they had these thin smooth sticks right they would take one stick, put it on my shoulder, one stick, put it on your chaver's shoulder, and put each stick is between on two people's shoulders. And then they would hang the animal between that and then flay it as the animal was, was standing on their shoulders or resting on their shoulders. is turning the page, and Rebbe says that when the 14th comes out on Shabbos, they would actually put their hands on each other's shoulders, and then that would be the way in which the animal is resting, and that's how they would take it off. Um, they, they, uh, they would tear off the skin, right? And what would they do? They would take out the, the fat. They would throw, put them onto a, a magus. Um, they put them onto some sort of container, and then they would throw them onto the mezbeach and burn them up on the mezbeach. The first group goes out when they finish doing their sacrifices and they finish going through their process of bringing the cup of Pesach and they sit on the temple mount. The second group sits on the chel. The chel is actually inside the Besamekdash. And the third group would actually remain wherever they were when they were doing the process of the carbon. And then as soon as it gets dark and it is now yumptif, they would go home and not go home, but they would roast their karma Pesach where they were, you know, on the on the Harabayas, and then they would go eat it in their Chaburas. So the Gemara. I had a question. Yeah, go Sorry. ahead. Two questions actually. First, what were their wives doing? Where were they? That's question one. And question two, I mean, the way it's described, it doesn't seem like like I was always thinking, there's a lot of uh, Korban Pesachs going through, but if they didn't even get to the third halal, I mean, like, really, how many were there ultimately? Yeah. So, so okay. In terms of the wives, I would imagine the wives were on Harabayas, maybe, and and were maybe they were in the the gallery. You know, um, they were there. They were around. I think, uh, unless they were home, I guess, preparing the meal. Right? They weren't just eating the Korban Pesach. They also ate the Korban Chagiga. They had to eat food. Um, but I don't know. I don't know exactly where the wives were. Um, in terms of the second point, so we're talking about in the second base of Mikdash time. And we're talking about, remember, the second base of Mikdash, only a minority of Jews actually went back to Israel. And towards the end, there weren't that many from Jews left either. So we're talking about specifically in, in a time period in which there weren't that many Jews living there, that the third group of people, they ended up not needing that many. But we'll see. I think the Gemara itself, if I remember correctly, the Gemara itself brings down over here that there were times in which they had brought, you know, hundreds of thousands of karbanas, right? So it really just depends on the era. 
and and also remember they did do this in as in as uh, efficient a process as one could possibly do right they 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 were really trying to ensure that this happens as smoothly and and productively as possible maybe they should uh, maybe the vaccine guys should get some pointers here yeah they should get some pointers that might help yeah amir when the government based is shachted, is only shachted minimum of three, not minimum, sorry, it is three groups, and each group has to have a minimum of 30 people. Okay, so when we talk about needing three groups, this is not need three groups because otherwise you cannot get the process done. Even if there's only 90 people totally, still split it up into three groups. My time, what's the reason? Kahal, the aid of Israel. It says a kahal, right? A assembly, an ada, a, a, a congregation, and Israel, you know, a nation of Israel. It's unclear if we mean to say that you need to do three groups of ten at the same time or three groups of ten separately. So therefore, you need three different groups of thirty in each group. Because if it was all at one time, ha'ika. There is enough. And that way you satisfy both ways. If it's meaning to tell you that you need to have 30 people at once, then you got 30 people at once. If it's telling you that you need to split up into three groups, you split up into three groups. Hilkach, therefore, then even 50 is really sufficient. Why? Because it, if it's telling you that you needed to have 30 people minimum at the same time, well, you have 30 people in one of these groups. And if it's telling you need to split up into three, then it's not telling you you need 30 at once. Then you got split it up into three groups of ten. Hilkach b'chamishadami sagi. The Eili tlosin va'avdi, thirty people will go in and do their avoda. Eili asara v'nafki, ten people will go in and do it, and then go out. Asara Eili asara v'nafki asara. The next ten would go in, ten would leave. Gnesis katri shleina. The first group would go in. Itmar. Gemara. It's stated right. Abaya amar nin alu tenan. Abaya says that the Mishnah says nin alu. The doors closed on their own, right? This is a, a miraculous occurrence, right? No, don't read that in the Mishnah, that the doors were closed of their of their own accord. Rather, the doors were closed by individuals, right? The doors were closed by others. Are you allowed to be saimich on an ace? Are you allowed to assume or rely on a miracle? Abaya says they closed on their own. Kama the ailu malu. As many people as came in, that's how many people were able to come in. And then we would rely on a nace that as soon as the, the, the room was full of people, then the doors would close, right? Rabba says they would close the door when they got to a certain number of people. They would close the door and say, no more people can come in. It's too crowded. They weren't going to be slamach on a nace. They weren't depending on a miracle. But that which we learned in the Mishnah. Omer of Yehuda. Yehuda said, the Mishnah in Idias teaches us that there's no way that a Kavya ben Mahalala was put into Nido, it was put into some level of excommunication. When we think about the, the entire nation of Israel and everyone gathers on Erev Pesach to come in, there wasn't one person in there who was as great in wisdom and in, and in his years of sin, right, in his fear of doing a chet. As a Kavya ben Mahalal. Abaya Matar Sitame, Abaya understands it according to his understanding. Rav Matar Sitame, Rav explains it according to his reasoning. Abaya Matar Sitame, Rav explains it according to his reasoning. Ain Bazar Bashashin in Alal, Kal Adam be Israel, Bachachman be Yashet, Kavya ben Mahalal. When at the time when they closed the doors of the Azara, there was no one, the doors of the Azara were closed, 
there was no one in there as great as a Kavi ben Malala. Rav Matars, the way Ein Bazar Bashashen Nailin Oisal Kali he says there was not at the time that we actually closed the doors as great anybody who was as great in wisdom and in fear of sin as a Kavi ben Malala. Nobody was ever crushed in this. Uh, all the people who were there, nobody was ever actually crushed. Except for one Pesach in the days of Hillel, somebody was actually crushed. That an old man died in the, in the fervor and the crush and, and the mob. And they called it the Pesach, the crushed Pesach, right? It was the Pesach in which that was always going to be remembered as the awful incident. He wanted to see how many people are in the Jewish nation, right? Now, you're not allowed to count, so what do you do? He says to the Kayin Gadol, Go look how many Pesachim are brought, and that will be the hint as to how many people are, are in the Jewish people. He took one kidney from each carbon Pesach, right? And they would take the kidney and they would put it down. And then, you know, one Kayan would put it down. Another Kayan would then put a, uh, you know, some sort of a, maybe a stone or maybe a coin in the place of that kidney. And then they would bring that kidney on to Mizbeach, because that's what you have to do. And they found 600,000 peers of, of kliyos, of, um, of kidneys. This is double the amount of Jews who left Mitzrayim. And that's excluding those who were in a state of Tumah or were very far away and were not obligated to come. And still there were 1.2 million kidneys that were brought from these uh, from these animals. Now remember, you're not going to have only one person eating a carbon pesach because you have to eat all the meat of the lamb, right? So they would have a minimum of ten people on each carbon pesach. So how much do you have now, right? So mi'ayvian not al kolia, right? So and, and from the from the thick ones, he took a kolia, a a kidney. Habay akdura, he needs to be burnt on the mizbeach. The hader makdulu afterwards, he burnt on the mizbeach. But it says, and they'll burn it. The teacher, you're not supposed to be mixing together different fats. You're supposed to throw each one of them separately. They burnt each of them one at a time. And you'll burn them. That they should all be burnt together. Right? So here we're saying that all the fats should be burnt together. Over there we're saying that kidneys should be burnt separately. Ella, Tisa Ba'alma. What he would do is he would take the kidney and then they would hand something over in place of the kidney to the person who's keeping the count of how many people are coming. And then they would throw the kidney together with the rest of the fats of that animal on the mizbeach. The ganim would stand in rows. My time, why are they standing in these rows? Maybe what will happen is we'll have somebody standing there who's taking a, a, a gold container and he hands it to the next person, and he removes back a silver container. So he had a gold in his hand before, and now he's taking back silver. That's not, not respectable. If that was really a concern, maybe someone will end up taking, will be, be giving over a, a basin that has a, you know, 200 measures worth of blood in it, take back one with only 100 measures. So rather, the reason is because it actually looks prettier this way. And the Bazikhan did not have Shulayim. They didn't have bottoms on them, so people wouldn't put them down. 
All the containers the base of Mikdash do not have uh, flat bottoms. The reason why the the the, the containers that had the levaina, the frankincense of the lechem of the open the showbread that's on the on the shulchan on the shulchan in the base of Mikdash. Why? Because otherwise you might put the the bread the 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 container that contains the levaina is supposed to be put next to the bread. If you put it next to the bread and it's not on a flat bottom, it will end up shaking back and forth, it'll end up falling down onto the bread, and it could break the bread. So therefore, those had flat bottoms, but nothing else had flat bottoms. Shachet Yisrael v'kibbal ha-kayin, the Yisrael shachted and the kayin accepts it. Loi sagi the lav Yisrael, he, right? So, loi sagi the lav Yisrael, right? In other words, like this. Let's say he's not a, let's say he's not a Yisrael. Let's say the person who shachts is a kayin. Is that a problem? He gufa kamashulon. This is to teach us the shechita bazar kshera, that it is kosher, for a czar to do shechita, for a non kayan to do the shechita. The kibbalah kayan and the kayan should be the one to accept it. This is to teach you that from the time period of getting the blood and on, that is considered to be the, the something that a kayan could do. He gives it to his friend. We see from here that if you transport something without actually walking, it's also considered transporting. We said earlier that one of the processes that has to be done of the government Pesach has to be the transporting of the blood up to the Mizbeach. So you might have thought it's only called transporting if someone actually carries it straight there. Over here, it's just being handed from hand to hand. No one's actually doing the walking. That's still called Halacha. Vilma, who, Nayat Porta, maybe he actually moved a little bit. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe he actually moves a little bit and that's already enough. Well, so then what's the Chiddush if that's what it's telling you? The Chiddush over here is that the special Halacha that we know that the more people involved in a mitzvah, the greater the mitzvah is. It's more of a hither mitzvah, more of a uh, the, be- the better way of doing the mitzvah. So over here, the more people you got involved in the process of bringing the blood to the zbeach, the better it is. You accept the one that's full and return the one that's empty. But you can't do it the opposite. You don't accept the full, the empty one first and then give back the full one. Bring a proof to says, Ain. Mavirin al mitzvah. So you do not pass over a mitzvah. So if you have the ability to do the mitzvah, which is the handing of the full one to the kain is going to throw it on the mizbeach, that's a mitzvah opportunity. The handing, the taking back the empty one, that's not actually part of the mitzvah at all, right? That's just you have to take the empty one back so that we get the empty ones back to where they belong. But that's not part of the mitzvah. So if you have a, the opportunity to do a mitzvah, you should first grab the opportunity and take the full one, which is part of the mitzvah. The kain that's close to the is the one who sprinkles the blood. Who is the one who says that the that the that the pesach actually needs to be sprinkled and not just the blood being poured on? Amr of Chizda, Rabbi Segli. It's opinion of Rabbi Segli. The Tanya learned in Rabbi Segli the Amr. As damam tizrek al mizbeach, the blood their blood shall be sprinkled on the mizbeach. As chalvan takir, and their fat should be burnt. Damar leinemer doesn't say its blood. <coughs> Excuse me, ela damam their blood. Not, not the singular um, uh, fats, but chalbam, all of their fats. Lomad al bachar teaches you that the bachar, u meiser, and the animals that are brought from meiser, right? The the tenth animal that everyone has to bring as a carbon. U pesach and the carbon pesach shein tuunin matan and damim. This teaches you that it requires the placing of the dam of the blood, the emurin, the gabim and the fats onto the mizbeach. 
you know the tuin in your site. How do you know that it actually has to be sprinkled against the the bottom, against like the base of the mizbeach? Amr Belazer, Belazer says, "As Yisrika, Yisrika me Eila." We learn out from the fact that it says Yisrika throwing by the Eila offering, by the burnt offering. It says Yisrika by the carbon pasach. Tzivacha as damam tzirik al mizbeach. It says over here, sprinkle their blood on the mizbeach. Tzivasim and it's written over there by the Eila. Bezarku bnei Aaron and the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle akehanim akehanim. Onto the the blood onto the altar around it. Just like the oil offering, you have to sprinkle it against the base of the mizbeach. So to the government pesach also ta'an yisait has to be sprinkled onto the base of the mizbeach. One more line on the next page. And how do you know that the oil has to be sprinkled on the base of the mizbeach? Omar Krat says According to the according to the uh, the yisaid, the the base of the mizbeach, the oila of that of the burnt offering. Alama oila tuuna yisaid. We see from here that the oila offering needs to be sprinkled on the base of the mizbeach, and therefore, in the same way the oila offering has to be sprinkled on the base of the mizbeach, we learn out from the zrika by oila and the burnt offering and the zrika by pesach that the pesach also has to be sprinkled onto the base of the mizbeach.